I just recalled I gave introductions of the others, but I think I have to give an introduction briefly. I'm Father Derek Aaron. I'm grateful for Father Richard inviting me to come back to celebrate Mass. Um, I've been helping out uh, throughout the diocese. I currently serve as full-time vocation director in our diocese to help young men and women discern God's call, particularly to the priesthood and religious life. So that's full-time ministry. Um, and I reside in the pastorate of Holy Spirit at Geist in St. John Vianney in Fishers. And so I'm grateful to be with you here this evening to come back to my first parish assignment, uh, which uh, is a near and dear place in my heart. When I was in my early part of uh, the seminary formation, I had completed two years of seminary, and I had a a wonderful summer assignment that was sent me all the way to Denver, Colorado, uh, uh, called Camp, to a Catholic youth camp called Camp Voitiwa. Voitiwa is John Paul II's last name. His name was Carol Voitiwa. And so this camp is named particularly after St. John Paul II. And the mission of the camp is to follow the direct intention of St. John Paul II in his love for Christ, his love for the church, his love for the outdoors, the Eucharist, the saints, and friendship, holy friendship. And the goal of this camp is to invite young people, middle school and high school age, to immerse themselves into the beauty of the created world and to encounter God through the magnificence of God's creation. To to support this encounter also included the sacraments of the church, Eucharistic adoration, and a profound movement within a young person's heart to follow Jesus with greater zeal, greater intensity, and love as a beloved son or daughter of the Father. The young people who attended, and still to this day, attend Camp Voitiwa range from middle school to high school age and attend camp for a particular designated week for their age group. Part of the mission of St. John Paul II was encountering God through creation and adventure. And part of Camp Voitiwa explored the four harmonies, the harmony with God, the harmony with creation, the harmony with others, and the harmony within myself. Some of the activities offered during this camp were varied from hiking, whitewater rafting, a high ropes course, zip lining, archery, fishing, and much more. This was going to be quite the sacrifice for me as someone who loves the outdoors and adventure, but I accept this challenge willingly. We would do these activities, then discuss what worked well and what didn't work so well with the campers and how we can relate these experiences from the activity itself relate that experience to our life and to our relationship with the Lord. So there were primarily college-age counselors, and there were a few seminarians that were part of this large staff. And when we were particularly at the archery range, we would instruct the young campers on the basics of archery, how to properly hold a traditional longbow, where to place the arrow the proper stance and posture, safety protocols, and so forth. 
All of these were to prepare them to shoot the arrow and hopefully hit the target downrange. Part of this instruction is to look at the design of an arrow. The prophet Isaiah says, we are like, we are like polished arrows in the quiver of the Lord. An arrow's design has an arrowhead with a target point, a shaft, fletching, which is the feathers, a knock, which connects to the string on the bow. The arrow must be lined up with the head. Everything about the nature of the arrow gives itself over to the arrowhead. On the side of the wooden shaft of the arrow are feathers, technically called fletching. These feathers have a purpose as they come alongside the arrow to guide the arrow to hit its target. We can take this experience and understand and to, and to understand the design and purpose of a bow and arrow to that of our gospel today. Jesus is head of the church, and we are his members who make up the church. In John's Gospel, chapter 14, the Last Supper discourse, with Christ telling his disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Have faith in God. You have faith in God. Have faith also in me. Jesus goes on to speak about the dwelling places prepared for you in the Father's house, and that no one comes to the Father except through me. He continues, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you, always, the Spirit of truth. Advocate comes from the Latin word advocate, advocatus, which means to call to one side. This particular gospel passage from John chapter 14 is Jesus's promise of sending the Holy Spirit. He knows that he will not always be with his disciples as he is at that moment, but after his ascension into heaven, he will ask the Father to send an advocate to be with you always. Jesus promised it, and the Father willed it, and the Holy Spirit descended upon the apostles at Pentecost. He concludes by reminding them as John 14 began, Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. Looking back at the analogy of the bow and arrow, we find the connection to the purpose of the feathers of an arrow. The feathers have a significant role in guiding the arrow to its target. So too does the Holy Spirit as our advocate, our guide, to be with us on our journey to grow closer to Jesus Christ and his church. Jesus assured his disciples, saying, I will not leave you as orphans. You will not be left alone the Lord promises that the Holy Spirit remain with and will be in his disciples. It's through the Spirit 
that God comes to dwell in the hearts of Jesus' disciples, much as the Father dwells in Jesus, and Jesus dwells in the Father. The gift of the Holy Spirit is foundational to the sacraments of the church. The sacraments of baptism and confirmation raise disciples within the church. Jesus continues to call and form disciples through these sacraments. In baptism, we receive the grace of the Holy Spirit through the cleansing of original sin and are imprinted with the character of Christ on our soul. In confirmation, the bishop or priest lays hands, his hands upon the person calling the Holy Spirit to activate within them. Activate within the disciple the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord. At this moment in confirmation, with the Holy Spirit activating these gifts, we are brought to life in the Spirit. And so the question, I think, exists for us. First, do I love Christ? And if so, do I recognize the power of the Holy Spirit within my soul? We don't need these seven gifts all at one moment. But the power of the Holy Spirit activates the gifts we need at the moment we need it. So that we may be able to be guided to the truth. Not my truth, not your truth, but God's truth. So that we may be able to build a culture that is good by loving what is good. Loving what is good, true, and beautiful. Do I love Christ and everything that consists of a relationship with him? Do I believe his presence in the most holy Eucharist when I receive him with a pure and holy soul? And if I'm not prepared to receive him, do I meet him in the, in the confessional where I experience the mercy and forgiveness of the Lord? We are not alone in this journey brothers and sisters. In this journey of faith, Christ has covered that base, that fear of, that fear of being alone is squashed and is no more because he is present with us in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit exists among us as Christ assures us that you will see me because I live and you will live. Our spiritual journey has a goal. Our spiritual journey has a destiny, to be in union with God in heaven. We have the gifts to travel to that target. It may not be the conditions, the ideal conditions, but we have the tools and the abilities that cling with us to travel that, to that target. Travel well and call upon the Holy Spirit who is active within you. God love you and your families.